Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. We have an amazing melodic hard rock band coming on tonight. Name Three Years Hollow. So I'm extremely excited to bring these guys on my show. Jose, the lead singer, will be calling in momentarily. So we're going to be promoting their new album tonight, The Cracks. It is going to be released tomorrow on February 11th. So it's just an honor and pleasure to be promoting this album the day before its release. Let me tell everyone a little bit about the concept of my show, and then I'm going to do a nice introduction for the band, and then we will bring Jose on. So I started this show approximately, I can't believe it's been almost three years now. I've been fortunate and honored to interview many major hard rock bands, including Blacklight District, Smile Empty Soul, Soil, I Empire, Otherwise, Eve to Adam, Art of Dying, and the list goes on. So please check out the podcast for all these amazing bands. I really do some thorough, comprehensive interviews with these bands. You're going to learn a lot about them that you would not otherwise see in other interviews. Uh, My background is predominantly in clinical psychology. That's what I have my doctorate degree in, and I work in the field of clinical and forensics. So I really have a passion for interviewing people. Uh, My other passion is the entertainment industry. Um, I've done some writing for some magazines. I also do some music. I have an album as a solo artist, and then I started this radio show. I really wanted to start it to really promote people in the industry. I have done everything independently on my own, and I know Jose will be able to talk a lot about it tonight because these guys have been persevering for at least 10 years now. And as I said, I really wanted to create a forum to support people, promote them, and spread the word about them. So if you're tuning in tonight, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. You can join us in the chat room, but I am a one-person show, so I'm really going to be focused and honed in on the interview. A couple things to keep in mind. I do want my guests to feel free to talk about whatever they want. I'm a huge fan of comedy. I've had a lot of comedians on my show. But just keep any identifying information anonymous uh, because we don't want to personally embarrass or humiliate anyone. And also, um, even though I mentioned I'm a clinical psychologist, my show is purely meant for entertainment purposes. Uh, We do joke around sometimes about how... uh, crazy the entertainment industry can be and how there's a lot of different pathology uh, throughout it. But again, the show is not meant to be providing any type of formal therapy or treatment. So let me introduce Three Years Hollow. These guys are amazing. Um, These guys have been at it, as I said. They formed almost a decade ago, and they really have demonstrated from all the research I did on them just what hard work, motivation, and perseverance can bring forth as these guys are really making a major name for themselves and becoming a a huge national band right now. Um, I actually became a fan of theirs when I heard their hit single, Remember, that was played on Sirius XM Octane. And it's been a little while. I don't know how long it is since that uh, single was released, but um, I was a big fan as soon as I heard that, and I wanted to hear more from these guys. That single itself was charted number one on Octane, uh, while their amazing song, Chemical Ride, uh, which is another great hit that these guys have, is closing in on 400,000 YouTube interviews. In 2012, these guys emerged as the regional Vic Energy Uproar Festival, Battle of the Bands, and they have shared the stage with many national acts, including Papa Roach, Buck Cherry, I Empire, and Seven Dust, to name a few. 
So tonight we are promoting the cracks, as I mentioned in the beginning. It's going to be released tomorrow, so everyone has to go out and buy a copy of this album. Literally every song on it could be a hit single. I mean, it's just amazingly written. It's heavy, but at the same time, Jose's voice and the guitars and everything just gels so well together. It's just really great music these guys have. It was released by Imogen Records. It's produced by none other than Clint Lowry of Seven Dust. So for more information, visit them at 3yearshollow.com. And it's the number 3yearshollow.com. And I want to do a quick special thanks to their manager, Tom Baumgartner, sorry about that, for assisting me with booking the interview. He's been great to work with. All right, so let's bring Jose on. Hey, Jose, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, good. Thank you so much for joining me tonight and uh, letting me have the honor of promoting you guys and spreading the word about the new album that's going to be out tomorrow. No problem. Thanks a lot for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So where are you guys right now? Are you currently on tour? Uh, We actually just, uh, we're almost done with an 11-day break uh, we had at the end of one leg of the tour. Uh, We're all home right now in the Quad Cities, which is... Illinois, Iowa, right on the border. Uh, we leave uh, Wednesday for uh, the second leg of the tour. Very cool. And is that with um, Black, Black Lake District? Yeah, it's with uh, Saving Able. And Saving Able? Yep, and then Black Lake District's uh, direct support. Cool. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah, I had those guys on a couple of weeks ago, and another great band to interview. So let's Yeah, talk they're great. I love, love those guys. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, we love those guys. Uh, we've been out with a couple tours with, with all, both of those bands, and they're all really fun on the road. Nice, nice. So let's start a little bit. I always I do a little bit of a different interview. Again, I'll ask some typical questions that everyone asks you, but I really want to kind of incorporate your, your musical journey, life story, how the band came together, because I think people get a really good feel and vibe when they can kind of understand about, you know, you guys personally versus me just throwing out some basic questions like, what are your influences? And, of course, we'll incorporate that stuff. So tell me a little bit about where did you specifically grow up? I know you mentioned in your bio, you know, you guys are from the, the Midwest and the Quad Cities, but where specifically did you grow up? Yeah, I um, I was born in a little town called Kiwani, Illinois, and I, I, I moved all around when I was really young because my dad was in the Army. Uh, but we finally settled in the town of Geneseo, Illinois, when I was in fourth grade. Uh, my dad got out of the army, and I pretty much lived my entire life from that point on in that town. It's about six thousand people, uh, and it's like thirty miles to the Quad Cities, you know, where the big cities are. Um, and that's okay. where the rest of my bandmates—that's where the rest of my bandmates live and grew up. Okay, cool. And tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself, like growing up. You know, what was it like living there? What are some of the things that you were interested in as a kid? Oh, you know, um, we lived in the country, and my parents were really strict, so I was only allowed to basically adventure out into my little uh, subdivision. So I basically spent, you know, most of my childhood either, uh, you know, out on on bikes, riding uh, dirt bikes in the woods, or uh, uh, playing playing street hockey, playing football on the street. I I mean, we were basically always outside. it wasn't until, uh, you know, junior high until I really started getting into uh, heavy music and wanting to be a, a performer. 
Nice, nice. And that's interesting you talk about, like you said, as a kid, like street hockey and all that type of stuff, because the same, you know, kids today, and I remember that too, you know, I always played soccer and tennis, I was a surfer, I mean, it's always active, and it's not something, unfortunately, you see today with the internet and all that type of stuff, you know? Right, right. Um, So, reflecting back a little bit as a kid, was there something, you know, growing up in terms of, like you said, it was junior year, you were really getting interested in, in the heavy music. Can you reflect back on, you know, some type of a memory or experience of what was really driving you towards that style of music and to kind of you yeah. know, be influenced? Yeah, music has always been a part of my life since I was really little. Uh, this is going to sound funny, but... Um, the Mickey Mouse Club was this huge show when I was little, and, and I would always, there's home videos of me singing and dancing along to all that stuff. And I grew up, you know, my childhood listening to stuff like Michael Jackson and Boys to Men, a lot of real melodic uh, harmony stuff. But okay. uh, when, when the band Creed came out, that's actually one of the first heavy bands that I had heard, and then I was introduced to Seven Dust, uh, shortly after that, and everything basically changed. Uh, the Seven Dust record never left my CD player, and that's kind of you know what I knew I wanted to do. Nice, nice. So you're in high school, and you're was you, um, in terms of getting involved in a band. Was that the first band you got involved was in high school before you met? Was it with these guys? Or I'm sorry, I'm like stumbling a little <laughs> bit. Tell us a little bit about you know when did you start? first start venturing into, you know, bands and singing and, and doing all that stuff? Yeah, basically, um, I had been in maybe six or seven bands in high school, in my high school period, and they were all, you know, different styles, completely different things, but I was always singing, um, but it was just a lot of the experimental stuff, just finding out what I really wanted to do, and then uh, I, I was about, uh, I think, 18 at the time, and I put out an ad uh, for a guitar player. And mm-hmm. I had met Tony. I met Tony at this time. And Tony really loved Godsmack. He really loved Seven Dust. He really loved Creed. Um, and he, but he also had a real big 80s influence to him. Um, so there was like a little bit of an, an intrigue there. You know, he had all this style. And I came in never really singing heavy music before, never really having a a growl to my voice or anything like that. It was just real soft, almost boy bandy singy. Um, but uh, you know, Tony kind of over the years, you know, crafted my voice and, and helped open me up to uh, you know really letting my voice go. And I mean, re- we've been together now, I think, for twelve or uh, almost wow. fifteen years. So that's amazing. Um, what's the uh, yeah, what's, cool. and we'll get back to. We'll get back to talking more about Tony and all the other members, too. What's the chemistry or what's the key you think that has kept you guys together? Is there anything you can kind of share, you know, with the audience or or bands out there that have conflicts with members and difficulties, you know, keeping people? Yeah, you know what? There's something uh, just really special about Tony and my friendship. Um, You know, we've never really ever had a point where we were unhappy with each other. We've got this really good relationship where we can tell each other exactly how we feel about something, whether it be a song or our opinion about something, and uh, we don't take anything personally. And it's really easy, you know. So so Tony and my relationship, 
um, it, it just felt perfect, you know, and we've never had any sort of issues, and that's really, you know, our love for music and playing and, you know, wanting to do this has basically uh, kept us together. Awesome. Awesome. Really cool. So, yeah, please um, introduce the other members and let us know a little bit about how they came on board and you guys incorporated them into the band. Yeah, well, um, Tony and I spent some time, you know, going through different members. We had a different drummer, different bass player. Uh, eventually, they didn't, they didn't work out. We had another. We tried out a second guitar player. Um, I think like three second guitar players, and none of them worked out. And that was all in like the first six year period of me wow. and Tony being together. Um, so then, in about 2006, early 2007, uh, our drummer and our bass player both left the band. It was you know a mutual thing. Um, and we picked up Chris Cushman, um, our current drummer from another band, and he had always been the drummer, you know, that in, in our local area that everybody, you know, thought was the best drummer, and uh, always really loved to watch him play live. So um, we asked him to do it. We asked him to come join our band, and at first he said no. Um, Why is that? You know, yeah, you know, like the music scene back then was really weird and like. Uh, everything was a competition, so okay. um, there was just this weird thing where he just didn't want to do it. But then he, he called us a month later, and he was like, "I changed my mind. When when can we do this?" And so we got together and jammed, and it was you know it was perfect. Um, cool. He had he had been playing music locally with Dex for the past ten <coughs> ten years. Little did we know. So. Um, him and Dex have been playing together just like Tony and myself have been playing together for over a decade. Um, wow. So they kind of came together as a package. It was perfect. We needed a bass player. Uh, and, you know, Dex came along with Chris, and Dex is perfect for the for the role. You know, he came in and rehearsed, and everything just felt great. Um, we had another guitar player by the name of Luke Sears that joined and was in our band for a while. Um, and he was a really crucial part, you know, in the beginning of Three Years Hollow because he helped write a lot of the songs, a lot of his riffs, um, you know, made our, our album Ascension. Um, and then, you know, he was in the band for a couple of years, and, uh, you know, things started getting really serious where we were needing to be on, right. on the road and touring a lot. Um, and, you know, it was just something that didn't, unfortunately didn't work out. Um, but, you know, he'll always be, you know, that unknown uh, influence, that second guitar player that was in the band. Neil came along shortly after that. We had always known Neil. I went to high school with Neil, and uh, he always had, you know, these really valuable tools. He, he was a lead singer of another band. Um, he, he, uh, I knew that his, his harmonies would match perfectly with mine, and he wrote songs, so uh, we came over and we jammed, and that was basically it. Um, we've been, you know, the, us five have been together ever since, and it's, you know, this this group, we get along so well, um, it's actually kind of uh, amazing to us sometimes. So. Right, right. No, that's a really cool story, and just thanks for sharing that in terms of letting us know how you guys all came together. Um, in terms of Dex, his name, it's a very interesting name. Is that his real name? <laughs> no, it's not his name. <laughs> I don't think so. 
and I think he has something interesting um, as his profession on his Facebook page under it, if I remember correctly, which kind of is his funny and fits with the with the genre of his name. But it's cool. I love the name, and I always get a kick out of it. Yeah, <laughs> he's hilarious. What's that? I said he's he's pretty hilarious. It's all uh, it's all you know, it's all great. <laughs> That's awesome. No, he definitely seems like he has a, a great sense of humor, and I've always. In my experience of, of, gosh, being in and out of bands for several years, I always found bass players to have, you know, an interesting personality dynamic. So he sounds like he's probably uh, pretty fun and, and pretty comical. And, yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Cool. Everybody, everybody in the band has has a unique personality, but, but humor is very abundant among, among everyone. So uh, we're constantly laughing all the time, and that definitely makes everything great. That's cool. That's cool. So when do you guys, I remember reading somewhere that you guys, you did all have some type of, I don't know if it was full-time jobs, but you guys were all working. What were you guys doing and when did you guys decide to make the decision that, okay, you know, if we want to pursue this music thing, you know, 110% and try to make a career out of this, we got we got to move on. So just share a little bit of information about that and then we'll talk about, I definitely want to get two songs in tonight and a ton more about the album and everything, so... Yeah, talk a little bit about that stuff. Yeah, um, basically, uh, Tony was a, a driver. You know, he drove a truck for a living for uh, the past ten years. Um, okay. And that's a, and that's a lot of how our songs were crafted. Because I would have, you know, a riff or something, and I would play it for Tony the night before, and then he would be driving for four hours the next day with this song repeating through his head, by the time he'd get home, he'd have it completely written so that all he needed to do was go to his computer, plug in his guitar, and just record it. And, wow. Um, that's kind of yeah, it's kind of one of the gifts that both Tony and I, and maybe every songwriter has, I guess, I don't know, but like when, we're, when we write a song, um, we, we can hear the whole entire thing already finished in our head, and then we just need to go put all the pieces together to make it sound like what we already hear. Um, that's amazing. That's kind of uh, just a little thing on Tony and how his driving, you know, came into the band. But um, Dex is a pro- professional chef. He's cooked okay. for over a decade, and he is amazing at uh, cooking. He, he's always worked for really high-end restaurants, um, so uh, it's always a treat when when he um, you know makes a meal for everybody on the bus. Um, cool. But um, Chris, you know, he's he's a master of everything, you know. Literally anything that you need done, Chris can do. Fix a car, uh, heating, air conditioning, you know, that's what he did. Electronics, computers. Um, so he's just always been a master of everything. Neil was a piercer at a tattoo parlor. Um, okay. So uh, he's been doing that for for a while. And uh, I sat at a desk, basically, um, doing uh, customer support for schools across the United States. Um, oh, wow. Were, uh, like network security, basically. So I had a really, you know, really nice nice desk job uh, that funded, you know, the band for the last several years. But, um, uh, you know, when we decided to go on tour, it was basically like, this is it, you know. I don't know how many more chances uh, we're right. going to get. 
somebody's really given us a great offer um, with our record deal and our record contract. And there's a lot of people around the record deal that we really trusted um, that mm-hmm. we do fight for us. And uh, it just felt like the right time. Everything came together. A serious octane picked up the single remember, and that is literally when we made the decision uh, this is the best time to go because we would have that nationwide radio support, basically. That's awesome. And when was that around? Like, what was the date and time frame around when this occurred? That was that was January of uh, last year. To, or, sorry, 2012. Oh, so, wow. Okay, so yeah, it was about a year. 2013. Okay. Sorry, 2013. 2013, right. 13. Yep, yeah, last year, January 2013. We toured right. for the first six months of last year. Uh, supporting that single, basically. Amazing. And what did your family think? Because it was interesting just to kind of digress and reflect back. You know, you said they were kind of conservative, and it sounded like, you know, you you weren't allowed too far from the house, and they were kind of hard, it sounded like, on you guys. Or, you know, rightfully so, what did they – was there any qualms or any issues about you trying to do this professionally and full-time? No, you know, my my family has – has always been supportive. Um, awesome. It's actually been quite amazing. You know, my mom and, and, and my dad both um, very proud in everything that I did. Uh, my grandparents, aunts, uncles, I mean, really I've had the most supportive family uh, chasing after this dream. You know, I would never – I've never had to feel like I was doing something that maybe I shouldn't be doing. Right. Um, and that's really – that's amazing. That's really cool. So let's do this because I want to get into a lot of, uh, you know, your writing with Seven Dust and, and Clint and everything like that. Um, so let's check out your single, Hungry, right now, which is currently being played, and I've been hearing it regularly on uh, Sirius XM Octane, and I'm like, this is awesome. I'm interviewing these guys. So some of my personal favorites, as I said to Jose, I mean, in the private message, I mean, the album just in and of itself is just, phenomenal, but some of the ones I love are I've Fallen is great, Take the World, um, The Cracks, the, the title track is just, I, I love that one. So, and Hungry That's awesome. so. <laughs> Yeah, it's really, awesome. I think I think your voice, too, and it's nice, and I, I've read this in other places about you guys, but personally I wanted to just share this, too. It's just nice to hear the singing, and you do have the growling, like you said, and some of the screaming but it's it's more kind of in the background and it kind of supplements everything else you guys are doing so it's it's really cool the way you guys do it like that thank you very much it's uh we finally feel like we just kind of found our our own thing and uh it feels easy to do that and that's what what feels really good so thank you very much for that definitely so why don't you tell us a little bit about hungry what is the uh what's the concept or meaning behind this song and then we're going to play it um, Hungry is a unique song for this record, actually, because it's one of the few songs that we wrote together in a rehearsal space, which is actually, you know, very hmm. rare. Tony had this this riff, the beginning, dun, 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 but he had it, it was real slow um, before that, and he came to practice, and I'm a drummer, I, I love drumming, um, so I'm sitting on the drums, and I'm thinking, Tony, I think it just needs to be you know, twice as fast, and he plays this riff, and I and I slammed it on that beat, and right. that was it. And Chris Chris shows up, and he's fifty times the drummer that I am, and he sits down and he and he just starts doing all this cool stuff. So we're like, 
okay, let's let's just finish this song. Um, so we got it, you know, basically all done, and we were in the studio, and I was finishing the lyrics, and, uh, you know, Clint and I have had this really great system for really polishing off these songs, um, you know, and uh, the, the message of this song really is kind of, you know, I mean, it's pretty obvious in the in the first section, you know, at the time I was just t- t- thinking about, um, you know, getting rid of everything that, you, that you've been through up to that point, not necessarily getting rid of it. At the time, I felt like it. I felt like that's what I needed to do, so that's what I wrote at that time. And it was it's, in the chorus, it's about someone – it's kind of funny. The last line is really what I wrote the song about. The, okay. Um, the, only, the only way to kill me is to always try to keep me alive. It was, more, it was about kind of being tortured, about – if you're here trying to like save me and trying to, to keep me alive, that's you're really just killing me. And then I kind of built everything else off of that. Okay, I'm assuming that's a relationship with someone that you've had. Yeah, it's bas- it was kind of like metaphoric, basically. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, taken off of a relationship I had in the past. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm going to put you on hold, and we're going to check it out. And then we're going to come back and talk all about the album and also check out another single um, that Tom recommended that I play later on, okay? Right. All right. Thanks, Jose. Hold on. All right, everyone. Again, you're listening to Jose from Three Years Hollow. This single, Hungry, is off the album The Cracks. It is out tomorrow, February 11th, so please pick up a copy. It is just, as I mentioned, it really is a phenomenal album. So, uh you go to Hungry. Let's check it out, and we'll be back in a moment. Cause I'm hungry, but I'm on my way. See my destiny's every day, and I'm hopeless. Bottled up inside. Come on over and take my
All right, everyone, again, welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show. That is the hit single, Hungry, off of a Three Years Hollow, new album out tomorrow, The Crack. So check them out. Go to threeyearshollow.com, and it's the number three, followed by yearshollow.com. And uh, as I said, they're going back out on tour with uh, Saving Boarding um, Artists, Blacklight District. So be sure to go to the website and uh, check them out at a town near you. All right, so let's bring Jose back on. All right, Jose, great track. Awesome, awesome song. Thank you, thank you. Very cool. I just worked out to it tonight after I got home from working in corrections. So it's always great <laughs> to have uh, your music and everyone else's. It's just it's my one little treat. <laughs> so really cool stuff. It's always so cool to hear, you know, just that we're, you know, you know amongst, among the rest of the bands that are out there that, that I've always looked up to, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's cool to Definitely. be in that. Yeah, I mean, does it, I mean, on some level, it has to just be so surreal for you guys. You know, everything you've worked for, and it's like it's here, and you're touring with these major acts, like you said, Seven Dust people you guys were listening to, you know, 10, 12 years ago. It's just really cool. Yeah, yeah, I think the the defining moment for me was when uh, when Clint came to my house because that's where uh, our studio was where we, where we recorded most of the cracks, um, and he came and stayed at my house for the, for a week. And I pretty much <laughs> you know, after he left, after he left, I was having this little moment of realization. Where I was thinking, you know, when I was seventeen, when I decided I, wa- I wanted to do this, that right. was like my my pivotal point, like that was my goal. Like if I can do this, um, you know, I'll know that I I, I, I achieved my dream, and uh, everything else basically from here on out is just kind of like icing on the cake. Definitely, definitely. I wanted to just have a couple of highlights real quick, and then we're going to get into um, how you met Quinn because I read some about that, and that was just a really cool story with with Corey's My Empire, and then you know how you guys were hooked up with him. But I saw something interesting, and I wanted you to share it. When you were doing your first album, you were working with um, a studio, I guess, called Real Tracks Recording Studio. And Rob yep. Simarusti, I don't know if I pronounced that yep. correctly, so I apologize. <laughs> um, but tell us a little bit about that story, because it was an interesting, uh, I guess, bartering system, so to speak, that you guys had so you could record some stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> basically, we knew we, we knew about his studio. It was one of the studios we had we had considered when recording some demos, and I really wanted to know how to do what Rob did. You know, he had been a recording engineer for the last twenty years, and so I had lunch with him. I just asked if I could have lunch with him, and I told him we wanted to come in and record our album, and we wanted him to do it, um, but. I wanted to sit in on everything and learn everything that we could, um, and I wanted to ask him, you know, if that was possible. If I worked for him uh, in the future and helped him with his business, uh, if he would do it. And he he knew that we had this really expensive microphone. Chris had it uh, because we had talked about it before, and he basically agreed that if we gave him the microphone, we could come in and record our first album you know, for nothing. Uh, he right. would help everything, and we would learn everything on our own and uh, do all the work, and that's basically what we did. It took us two years 
to record and mix that record just because I had never touched a Pro Tools rig before, and I basically learned wow. everything as I went. Uh, so, you know, finally two years later in, in 08 is when a session came out. That's great. That's really great. No, it was a cool story. I saw that, and I thought that was so interesting. So that's when Ascension, right, was, was released, and that was your first, I guess, was it a full length, would you call it, or was it? It was, yep. It, had, uh, it was a full length, okay. Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to somehow get access to some of that stuff. I'd like to hear some of your previous stuff. Um, okay, so let's fast forward a little bit to start talking about your new album, The Cracks, which, as we said, is going to be released tomorrow, which is amazing uh, accomplishment for you guys. Um, so tell us about how you guys hooked up with Corey Lowry, and I guess you were playing a show with I Empire, and how that was your introduction to uh, Clint. Yeah, um, the story starts in 2012, uh, 2011, basically, uh, we knew we needed to put out some more music. It had been a few years since Ascension. Uh, we knew we had to go and, and put out some more music. So the plan was let's record a six-song EP, um, put it out, and then shop that around in hopes that a uh, record label would come on, send us back to the studio, and finish a record. That was mm-hmm. what we were holding on to, that that dream. And um, we uh, we did that. We put out the record and had a chemical ride and remember on it. And we started playing shows, um, and one of the first major shows we got was with I Empire. And so we went and played with those guys. It was great. Uh, we came back, you know, toured around, did some regional stuff, and then I Empire came back around again to our area. So we went and played again with them. Uh, you know, nice. we had a mutual, we had a mutual uh, friend in the background doing some booking that always do us on the show. Uh, so both times. Corey just really liked what he saw. He really thought I had a unique voice. Um, he thought that the band was really tight, and every time we came back, we were a little bit better, and I think that really impressed him because he knew, he knew we were taking it serious. Uh, cool. So he basically said at that point, you know, I think you guys should hook up with my brother Clint. Uh, we're all like, yeah, right, you know, like <laughs> everybody, everybody – Everybody talks. Everybody says, I, I can do this, we can do that, that, and we're like, we'll believe it when it happens. And then, you know, like a week later, uh, Clint calls us up, and he's wanting to schedule getting together and doing some co-writing, and, and that's when it all uh, kind of started. Um, Amazing. Yeah. The co-writing later turned into five songs. That later turned into... Uh, some shows with Seven Dust, and then that later turned into signing our record deal and going back into the studio to uh, record the cracks. Nice, nice, awesome, awesome story. Yeah, I am pretty great. I had um, them on my show. I guess it was probably almost a year ago when they had the. I know they released a new album. It was the album before that. It was like a two-disc series album that they had, and they were just a yeah, great interview. Really cool. So, yeah, those guys are awesome. Yeah, yeah, really great music and, and really cool down-to-earth guys. Um, tell us a little bit about your voice. Did you ever have any formal vocal lessons? I mean, it's, again, great voice, um, or was it something that's just pretty much natural? Um, I never had any any vocal lessons. I, I did, you know, just 
you know, grade school choir, and then that was basically it. I hit high school and I did nothing but sports um, until my senior year is when I, I just really started singing uh, uh, heavy music. Um, I had always sung along. Like I said, I had a lot of other bands in high school, but it was just different styles. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, honestly, me trying to imitate my favorite singers, um, when Tool would come out with a new record, I would sing every single Tool song uh trying to sound like Maynard, and, and then when a Chevelle <laughs> record came out, I would try to sound like Pete, and honestly, right. those doing, doing that uh, let me learn how to do certain things that each of those singers were really good at. Like Pete, I never knew how to scream before, and then when I listened to uh, Chevelle, when I heard Family System, uh, there's this big scream he lets out in the beginning of it, and that that song is literally what taught me how to scream in like a pitch. So nice. really I just learned, I literally learned from all of my favorite singers, just uh, Lejean, um, Brandon Boyd from Incubus, uh, mm-hmm. and Maynard from Pool. Cool. How do you, I guess, night in and night out when you guys are touring, I mean, I'm not... That must be a lot of stress at times in terms of, you know, managing your voice. And do you have any, you know, special things or do you keep quiet during the day? Is there anything that, any routines that you do to make sure that you're, you know, keeping your voice ready to go? Yeah, actually, you know, I'm in kind of a unique situation. Um, Unfortunately, I have a little bit of a problem with acid reflux. I have GERD, which um, I can't. I can't have anything tomato-based or milk, cheese, um, anything acidic, basically, because the uh, the acid reflux just eats away at my vocal cords. So, you know, there are technically, I have, like, very strict rules I'm supposed to follow. Um, no eating two hours before I perform, no eating four hours before I go to bed, sleep in an incline, like, it's ridiculous. And um, Wow. <laughs> so that's one thing I struggled with a lot last year because I, I was always wondering why is my voice not as strong as it should be. So I went to, uh, you know, a doctor, and that's when I found out I had that problem. But now, you know, if I follow that, my diet, um, mm-hmm. I get good sleep every night. It's pretty easy to take care of my voice. I just have to, you know, a lot of it really is the food and the diet, Um Right. But my vocals get so strong out on the road performing every night. I'm actually better on the road than I, you know, I ever was before uh, when we were playing off and on. Nice, nice. Wow. That's sorry to hear you have that, but like you said, it sounds like you're managing it appropriately, and and because you are, it's, it's helping you out in terms of being able to, you know, keep your vocals strong and stuff, which is great. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, uh, I, do, I don't do the best all the time. There are, you know, you get out on the, on the road, and we had some vehicle issues this last tour, so there's never time to pre- prepare your meals, and, you know, you just get in this rut of eating fast food, and that's when things go downhill. So, uh, right. you know, when we, we go back out on this next leg of the tour, we're all going to be real conscious of what we're doing and what we're putting in our bodies and everything. Nice, nice. Well, let's do this. Let's uh, do another track, and then we're going to come back, and I have some questions about the album and stuff. Um, let's check out For Life. 
which uh, I know Clint was on that track. And tell us a little bit about that track, and then we'll uh, take a listen. Yeah, this is the oldest song, actually, on this record. I, I wrote this song um, in 2007, which is when we were recording the Ascension album. So this this song is actually Ascension Day material that uh, we had played live even over the past, you know, six years, several times. But we were never quite happy with the studio version. So um, when Clint came in... Um, I basically went into the studio and I just said, we're going to start from scratch on the vocals. The music sounds great. Uh, and I'm just going to start, you know, from scratch. And uh, mm-hmm. we came up with everything on the spot. And Clint really helped us change some of the drum parts and some of the progression, progressions of the song to uh, turn it into what it is. And uh, he basically sat down and was playing guitar over that solo part, and we're like, you have to do it. You know, you have to lay this guitar solo. And uh, <laughs> so the, the solo that he did is basically the one on the album. Cool. Yeah, no, it's a great track, really good song. All right, so let me put you on hold, and then we'll all come back, and at the end of the interview, you can plug all your websites, so just keep all that good stuff in mind, okay? All right. All right, take it. Well, hold on a sec. All right, everyone, again, you're listening to Jose from Three Years Hollow, and right now we're going to debut their other track off their album, which is called For Life, and it's featuring Clint Lowry on it. So uh, check it out, and as I mentioned, uh, definitely pick up their album. It is out tomorrow, titled The Cracks. And here we go, For Life, we'll be back.
All right, everyone, again, for life off a Three Years Hollow new album, The Cracks, which is out tomorrow. So check it out. Go to threeyearshollow.com, and you can purchase it, I'm sure, off of all of the digital distribution sites. So let's bring Jose back on. Okay, Jose, great track. Awesome, awesome song. Thank you very much. Thank cool. you. <laughs> so a couple it's of things. It's good to know that it's still... Oh, go ahead. It's good it's... It's good to know that uh, it's good to know that it stands the test of time. You know, a song that was was written, you know, back in '07 can still kind of be made modern. You know, uh, after all this time. Definitely, definitely, you guys absolutely proved that with that track. Absolutely, still relevant. You know. Yeah, definitely. So tell us a little bit about, um, I always find it interesting, people's artwork on the album, the uh, the logo that you guys use. So how did you come up with the artwork on the album? Does it have any symbolism behind it? Um, you know, we had so many different concepts for the, for the album. Um, you know, the original concept was uh, we were going to have this, this heart, this human heart that um, was stone, basically, at the bottom, completely turned to stone, cracked, you know, being uh, and then a, a live heart on the top, kind of just melting into the uh, dead heart, you know, reigniting it. But um, you know, when we're trying to put this record together, and we got picked up by ADA for distribution, and it was kind of like, you know, if you want to get this record out, uh, you, you have to do it now. So, right. so we had always we needed to kind of throw together this artwork. Um, so the label hired someone to do the artwork, but we needed something that we could do really fast. And we had always, you know, our symbol has been this massive thing for us. You know, we have so many fans even on, uh, you know, a local regional level that have it tattooed on their bodies. Um, so much fan artwork has been created on that symbol. That's cool. And uh, we just kind of thought, you know, let's just use it. You know, this is our introduction to the world. Let's show mm-hmm. them that this is, you know, this is who we are and, uh, we wanted to incorporate the cracks and, and kind of the concept behind that, um, so we had it breaking away and, and basically flying off into their own independent spaces in the universe type thing. So nice, nice. Yeah, that's cool. And how did you come up with the title, the cracks? Like, what is the global concept or, or theme around that title for the album? You know, it was actually uh, I had wrote the lyrics for. The, the title song, The Cracks, the chorus, uh, Cracks Have Been Filled, Breaks Have Been Healed, My Heart mm-hmm. Has Been Sealed With You and Stuff. Just this little poem that I had wrote um, in my phone. And, and basically, uh, I, Clint gave me a piece of music, and I sang this, uh, this melody over that chorus, and that was kind of it. And everything on the record kind of has this, um, you know, not everything, but a lot of things kind of has this hope, uh, in despair, you know, push mm-hmm. forward through everything um, type thing. So, uh, you know, the cracks just kind of felt like a good way uh, to put a stamp on the record, and it was a real strong song. Uh, so that's what we went with. Yeah, no, it's great. I, I recommend highly you release that one next, but <laughs> as I said, everyone could be, you know, a hit, but that one I just, yeah, I totally was drawn in when I heard that. Yep. Really oh, cool. That would be awesome. I'm in the same. Uh, <laughs> I feel the same same way as you about that song. Nice, nice. 
Yes, so please, um, what else would you like to share before we start to wrap things up? I mean, please talk about, you know, plug the tour you're going to be on, all of your different social media sites and and anything like that. And, again, you're always welcome back on the show. You did a great interview, and it was, you know, a pleasure bringing you on. Well, thank you very much. I I, Honestly, I really had a great time. You you do ask questions that make me think a little bit more, and, and I had a great time kind of remembering uh, those experiences that I don't, I don't get to really talk about a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, we've got a new video coming out. We just got done filming the video for Hungary, and uh, that should be uh, coming out soon. Um, we're doing our very first, you know, radio campaign. We're a new band uh, trying to get, you know, our songs in the ears of as many listeners as possible. So, you know, calling up every radio station, uh, serious octane and, and requesting hungry is really the best thing that uh, uh, you mm-hmm. know a fan could do to help us out. So um, that's basically what we're focused on. We're going to release the record uh, tomorrow, and we'll see what happens. We we uh, hope we get to tour all year supporting the record, and you know, hope we get to meet some of the other bands that we've been uh, listening to and looking up to for so long. Cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you guys. I think you got an amazing route ahead for you, and it, it's a perfect album to uh, hit it off with, so to speak. So definitely, and thank you for the compliment. I think that's been one of the things that a lot of people have, you know, said to me is that it, it's not a typical interview, and people can actually kind of reflect back on stuff they haven't thought about in a while. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, yep, no problem. I really, really enjoyed it. Cool. So, um, yeah, please plug the podcast as soon as I go off the air. It will be available. So I want you to share with everyone the interesting stuff that you, uh, you know, expressed on the show so yeah. that people can hear a different side of you guys. And, um, again, welcome back on in the future, and I, I look forward to hearing more stuff from you guys. And much continued success, Jose, to you and everyone in the band. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. Cool. So I will look forward to seeing what's to come. And, uh yeah, keep in touch with me through Facebook and all that good stuff, all right? All right. Have a great night. I'll, I'll talk to you okay. in the future. You too. Take care, Jose. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone. Again, Jose from Three Years Hollow, and they are releasing tomorrow their debut album. Actually, it's their second album, but it's, but it's their debut album in the sense that it is really uh, their road to uh, making them a national act. So it is titled The Cracks. It's going to be out tomorrow. Please download a copy. If for some reason you tuned in late to the show, sorry, I'm stumbling over my words. It's been a very long day. I do a full-time job in addition to uh, hosting this show one night a week for an hour. Um, please check out the podcast. It will be available after it's over. You can download it. You can stream it. It is for free. And, uh, again, as I mentioned, I I support all these amazing artists out there and entertainers that I have on my show. So I've done about over 250 interviews by this point, so check out what you'd like to hear. Comedians, we've had Tom Cotter on, uh, musicians, uh, filmmakers, um, so many different types of talented people. So uh, download their podcast. Put it into your, uh, you know, iTunes, your database, listen to it on the way to work. Please become a fan of the Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook, and uh, you can keep up with all the upcoming interviews. Also, follow me on Twitter at Carrie Edelman. If you follow me, I will also uh, respond back and follow you, too, to support you. And uh, love to keep in touch with people on Facebook, so befriend me on Facebook. I have two pages. One of them is maxed out. Here and there, I, for some reason, you know, a couple of friends kind of drop off, but find a page that is not maxed out, and uh, we'd love to keep in touch with people, so send me a friend request. 
upcoming interviews we are going to have coming on in the near future, um, working on getting an interview for the Deer Union, another amazing hard rock band, and uh, trying to think what else the band to carry out on the channel on Facebook and keep up to date there. So thank you, everyone, again, for tuning in tonight. It's been a great night. A couple of quick plugs, as I didn't get a chance because the interview just was flowing so well with Jose. Uh, check out talentspotlightmagazine.net. It is an online magazine, does some really nice comprehensive interviews on uh, musicians and all different types of artists. And do also check out Davin's Den, if you like comedy. Uh, it's a great, fast-paced podcast featuring comedians Davin Rosenblatt, Joe Curry, and Pip Helix. So if you're looking for a show that can make you think and laugh, then Davin's Den is the show for you. They go live Tuesday nights at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. To watch live episodes here or watch old episodes and or learn more about the show, you can go to Davin's Den page at davincomedy.com, and that is spelled D-A-V-I-N, comedy.com. So thank you so much for tuning in. Check out the podcast. Please share this interview, Three Years Hollow, upcoming band, amazing interview, and a great group of guys. So uh, support them, share it, and spread the word. Thanks, and have a great night. Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.